What's up, everyone? Welcome back. Did you find us because you subscribed? It would have popped up first thing. No, uh, do it now. It, I think we got a, we got a lot more coming up, and would love to kind of build our subscriber group so we can get uh, more more followers in the craft hot sauce community. Uh, but today we got Jay Turner on the podcast from Burns and McCoy. I first met Jay in, in 2015. He did a craft hot sauce profile. I met him at the New York Hot Sauce Expo and, and been in contact uh, pretty consistently with him since. But this is the first time I actually got to speak with him at length and hear more about his story. So I hope you all enjoy it. And as you know, we, we pair all our podcasts with music. And Jay loves metal uh, and hard rock. So I'm glad as a music guest, we got Iron Knot. And they got a show coming up in L.A. at the Redwood on June 30th. So check them out. I'll link to their Facebook page and Big Cartel page where you can get their vinyl, CDs, and shirts really cheap on the show notes. Um, but I also have a quick opportunity for hot sauce makers looking to get some international recognition. Uh, the 2018 International Flav Awards are looking for some last-minute entries. Um, so check out Craft Hot Sauce com forward slash flave awards again this crafthotsauce.com forward slash flave awards to check it out more okay here's stupid sick lies from ironot the whole song will be at the end of the podcast let's go We got Jay Turner from Burns and McCoy on the podcast today. Jay, thank you for coming on. Thanks for having us, and hello, everybody. Hello, hello. Yeah, we uh, we're, we're getting a little bit of a following now. I, I like it, and uh, it's it's good to have a, a familiar face on here. I, I think I met you at the New York Hot Sauce Expo and. 2017, but uh, you had done a craft hot sauce profile before, and um, yeah, I uh, and I, I had your hot sauces on on our uh, sauce of the month club. I was actually doing a hot sauce tasting, so I, I started doing like taco pop ups, and I, I did a hot sauce tasting, and I had okay. no idea that your uh, excellent seso is that how I say it? It's exhoresco. Exhoresco. Okay. Yeah. So I didn't know that that was like one of the hottest natural hot sauces ever. And somebody was like, oh, this is a cool label. Like, let me try this. And took like a whole teaspoon of that. And I had to run to the market and like get a gallon of milk. And the whole time I was like, shit, can this person sue me? Because like, I didn't warn them that this was like one of the hottest hot sauces They ended up being all right. And, uh, they actually did say they enjoyed the flavor for like the first five seconds. And then they were very concerned with their health, but um, (laughs) that was my quick introduction to, to your sauces. But I mean, I'm looking forward to this conversation and I I don't even, I didn't really have a plan on, on where to start, but, um, I, I guess I, I do have a place because, you're in Fort Collins, Colorado, and I, I remember like I always kind of look for articles about like what's going on in the craft hot sauce scene, and th- there was an article talking about how uh, you, Burns McCoy, uh, Gilberto's Gourmet, 
goodness and horse, horse tooth hot sauce, uh, all in Fort Collins. And in 2016, you're all sharing a commercial kitchen and, and you guys were producing a, like, I think the article referenced like 200,000 bottles. Yeah. And what surprised me the most was like, I was looking, I, I was just reading this and um, today before our call and I didn't realize like how fast you really scaled up. It said yeah. you did 60,000 bottles in 2016, like, and you had a, a whole foods account a month after making your first dollar and had 16 products in your first year. Yeah. And I'm like, I, I just did, I just started my own hot sauce company, uh, crack sauce. And I'm, I, uh, you're putting me to shame times a hundred, but, I would love to kind of hear like the year before and how you prepped that, that quick scale up. Okay. Well, let's see. This is going to be interesting. It's going to be funny, sad, and deep and fun at the same time. So we'll just kind of go from the beginning. 2014, I was living in Louisiana and Louisiana, you know, is the land of the dollar Tabasco style hot sauces. And I have nothing to knock on those. They're solid for what they are. Yeah. Um, Where in Louisiana? Um, I was in Mandeville, but I was like, so prior to hot sauce, I did a uh, geotechnical, uh, like bridge and building stainless or stainless stuff, but steel inspections, bridge inspections and et cetera. And uh, so I was out there, but my office was in New Orleans and I just lived on the other side of Link Ponch train. Um, so when I was out there, so before I went out there and it's funny, you mentioned horse tube and stuff. Like I personally think they're great people. I think their sauces are solid. They're just not my cup of tea for what I personally like. And right before we went out to Louisiana, I, I was sitting there at a place here in Fort Collins and having a few drinks and there's a horse tube sauce there. And uh, I put it on some tacos and it, I loved their sauce. I loved the pairing with the tacos, but in my head, I said I wanted to do something different that hasn't been done in Colorado before. And uh, we've got great sauce makers from Danny Cash to the K sauce to Kim's Gourmet, to Horse yeah. Tooth, to Gilberto's, to Chippero and Yampa Valley. I mean, there's a lot of really good sauce companies out here. And uh, I'm not knocking them. It's just for me, like, I've got a really, really expansive palate. And I do like food significantly. And I'm um, like, you mentioned Exoresco. And we'll get to that in a second. Anyway, so 2014, it just, I was out there. And when all you can find is crystals or Texas peeps. And, I mean, that gets kind of boring. Now, I was lucky that Frogbone Cajun sauces, I could find him at the Rouse's markets out there, which is great because he had his Reaper sauce and et cetera. So I was able to get hotter and better. Um, right about that time, um, Bravado was blowing up in terms of getting some expansion in their region. So Bravado was showing up at the Whole Foods in Louisiana. And I loved what they were doing. And once again, at that point in time, I already had the vision that we already had our first three sauces, which would have been our mango habanero, our gold 79 and our especially Roja. And, and those were just like in your kitchen, just experimenting, having a good time yeah, with that. Just, yeah. just, just experimenting. And this is going to blow your mind and people are going to say I'm probably like smoking too much Colorado weed or something. <laughs> uh, so I get the three sauces together things just didn't happen out in Louisiana the way that we had planned for them to do. And that all set into motion to where we are today, which is actually not necessarily a bad thing. And I just would never recommend 
working for family members again, because not only was I accused of getting favoritism in terms of nepotistic aspects, um, then I also had my cousin trying to prove that he was a hard ass and not giving me any nepotism. <laughs> <laughs> and so I decided it just wasn't really fun out there. So we moved back in 2014. We get into 2015 and we kind of press it hard. Today's actually our three-year anniversary of presenting our sauces to the public for the very first time. So I had those wow. three sauces. All I did was share them with some friends and some family and uh, maybe a group of 10 or less people. And when we presented it in front of the public for the first time three years ago today, that was the first time the public had ever had a sauce. We didn't trade sauces. We didn't sell sauces. We didn't do anything besides get some opinions and we ran with it. Awesome. Congrats. Uh, which, is a little, which is a little bit different um, than a lot of people choose to do it. I, I did it that way because I'm, I'm an Aries and, you know, if people believe in the horoscope and Zodiac and stuff, man, I'm a fire sign through and through, so I just jumped into it feet first. Um, and I, it, it, it was interesting. So we went, yeah, so May, right around June 1st, 2015, we picked up Whole Foods. It took about six months actually for us to finally get into Whole Foods because just paying about getting their system. Yeah. Um, during that time, we got into Lucky's Market, which is a grocery chain here in Colorado. They, I don't know, maybe got about 100 stores nationwide now, and they just got bought out by Kroger. Um, so we got into them and a lot of the local mom and pop shops, and that was pretty cool, obviously. Um, and then I got laid off from my job in November of 2015, and it was great. It was kind of a mutual party. I don't really call it laid off or getting fired. It was just that I was over it, and they were over it. You know, and things end, sometimes things end amicably, and they did. So it was great. Yeah. When that, when that happened, that gave me the time to go full-time um, with this. I had to. It was a make or break. Um, and so we did. So the first year, really, we did the farmer's markets, and that was really kind of how that went. When we got into 2016, that's when things got significantly different. And in 2016, we got picked up by Kroger, well, King Super here in Colorado, which is, I mean, Kroger kind of, it is owned by Kroger, but Kroger kind of gives them the ability to do what they want to do here because they're actually very profitable to Kroger. Okay. And so, so they picked us up and they've got some like end caps that they put, it's a, the weirdest thing. There's an organization out here and every state has it. So if there's any future saucers or current sausage makers listening to this, you included, look into your local department of agriculture and uh, they, they will do significantly amazing things for you. For example, I've got a meeting with set up with Japanese, well, multiple meetings set up with Japanese Canadian buyers in July. And that was set up by our department of agriculture. Huh. Okay. Um, they, They've been great. So out here in Colorado, we have a thing called Colorado Proud. It's done by the Department of Agriculture. They want to make sure you're doing as much as you can within Colorado, whether it be using produce, using label companies, and et cetera. You know, and when you do that, they want you to – they don't have to, but they would prefer that you put, like, Colorado Proud logo on your bottle and stuff. So anyways, in King Super, those end caps are called Colorado Proud. End uh, caps over Colorado Proud in the US, the Department of Agriculture said we're okay with that, et cetera. But um, they do it in like 27 random stores and they put it at the end of the freezer aisle. And I mean, nobody's looking for hot sauce or Bloody Mary mixes or salsas for that stuff. Yeah. Um, now, like once again, I'll touch back on I'm a foodie. 
so going all the way back to the beginning, we had those three hot sauces. And right away, I kind of started, I, I was, I was people watching at the farmer's market. My wife, at the time, it was my fiance, but my now my wife, she, she would essentially run the farmer's market booth. And I was doing a ton of, you know, stealth, secret shopping, <laughs> just kind of thinking what the other people are doing, kind of watching the other booths. And so we expanded our product line pretty fast to include a salad dressing that has no heat to it, um, two salsas, and three Bloody Mary mixes. Then, then we also brought out a, a habanero honey beer mustard too, and that mm. has that has New Belgium 1554 in it. And I did that. Now most of them are spicy, obviously, but I mean we got a Bloody Mary mix that's got balsamic and basil in it. There's no heat to it whatsoever. It's total off the wall flavor profile. Just that's just what I do. And you know I did that because I mean in. Any, I mean, I'm trying to like suggest that people do it, but it is a pain in the butt to pay attention to that many skews. Right. And I, I know that K. John, like John Hart, I know he has something like 70 or 80 active skews right now, and I literally want to pull my hair out every day over 20. Yeah. And I, I couldn't even imagine how some of these people, like the Nestle's and Coca-Cola's, that got hundreds of skews and the scope of things can even do what they do and i'm sure it's because they probably have separate warehouses for everything and i would love to have that but you know you can't just do that so anyways let me get back into 2006 so we got into kroger which was really 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 cool and but our sales were doing significantly well and <clears throat> we got through 2016 we went oh i think when we entered 2016 we had maybe 20 stores at the end of 2016 we had close to a hundred. Wow. Um, and in 2016, we did uh, close to 60,000 bottles. And I know that it, I remember that article cause it was with a, a journalist from the USA today, which is so weird that, I mean, our paper here is a subsidiary of it, but he is actually a legitimate USA, USA today uh, journalist. It was pretty cool. Um, so they just kind of, you know, there's three, hot sauce companies here in town and you know we were all sharing the same kitchen and you know that's i mean i saw you in new york two weeks ago i mean there's a lot of egos in that room i mean you put three of them in a thousand fifteen hundred square foot kitchen they can get interesting <laughs> um surprisingly we all get along and we all got we all got along then and we all get along now i know that horse tooth in the process at least from my last knowledge of building their own facility danny Rawls from Gilberto's Gourmet Goodness, they own the kitchen. And that, that, I mean, they have, I don't know, maybe 40, 50 companies out of their commissary style. And for us, we, we, we chose the path that a lot of people, I would suggest, never do unless you have a good business model. Our business model was okay with what we had going on. And uh, so we went, went ahead and we were looking for kitchens within a 50-mile radius of us. Somehow, some way, we found one that was two miles from where we were at, at a rate that was actually similar to or less than what we were paying to do the commissary kitchen. Um, so that was all fine and dandy, but then all of a sudden, it's like, how are you going to cook your stuff? So then we had to buy the stove, then we had to buy the steam kettles, then we had to buy this and buy that, you know. And so that kind of sucked a lot in the po in the pocketbook. <laughs> Uh, so, I mean, honestly, a lot of people probably think, crap, you sold 60,000 bottles. We operated at a loss in 2015. We operated at a loss in 2016. And uh, because, you know, you 
you do buy your equipment and you, your marketing money. <laughs> do you mind sharing a little bit, like generally those numbers, like for your, for your sales? Yeah. I mean, I mean in, in 2000, when we did it to 16, I don't know, we did 150 or so thousand in business just to give you kind of an idea. Yeah. Um, and I assume most so, of that was through like Kroger's and, and having the, the distribution. Kroger's and, Kroger's and farmers markets. Yeah. Um, in 2016, we also did get into, man, last year went fast. <laughs> um, so 2016, we actually got into Safeway Albertson stores here in Colorado. I just can't believe, man, things really did go fast. So my store count, yeah, I, I, I have a little timeline. That's why I'm kind of reading off. I just didn't put them by why my store count went up. Um, so officially 2016, we had a store count of 152 stores and slash liquor stores. Um, and at this point in time, we had a couple people like Ivern out of Texas, James and Amy back there. Awesome. Um, and uh, I'm trying to think of uh, Mikey V's out of t Georgetown, Texas. Mikey V is awesome. And then, so uh, just a couple other random smaller people. Um, so, uh, that bottle count, you know, in being completely transparent, we filled five slots at a hundred Safeway stores. So most grocery chains from my experience take right about 1.5 cases of each SKU to per store. That way, that way they got a little bit of back stock just in case it flies off the shelf right away. So, I mean, I think we filled, you know, nine or 10,000 bottles times two because they placed us in multiple spots in the Safeway which was kind of crazy so I mean maybe maybe five I don't know maybe let's just say 20,000 of those bottles were in like maybe a 30-day period um, and yeah I mean it kept us crazy I mean it was stupid I mean we were working 15-hour days and I had my mother my stepmother my dad my sister my sister's husband I mean they were flying in from Minnesota to help us get these purchase orders done and I've seen like a couple people uh, on the podcast have been on hot ones and it just like when you're getting 20,000 bottles order, that's, that can be challenging to get that out. Well, yeah, it, it, it was. And it's, this is where, when I said, <laughs> excuse me, um, but it, it would get kind of sad. I, I went and had some meetings with a, uh, Safeway right around May of that year and I actually so let's say I got married in March which is really awesome um and then in May I had meetings with one of our distributors with Safeway and then they told us hey we're going to bring in these five SKUs you need to have them ready in the next freaking eight weeks blah 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 blah. well at that point in time we've been in business theoretically for less than a year um I knew in my head and my heart, there was no way that I was going to walk into a bank and get 40 or $50,000 mm. handed to me. Um, but I tried and I, I tried unsuccessfully during that time frame. I developed, although I wouldn't say I developed, I, I was just drinking really heavily. Like every day I got really, really dejected. And uh, it, it's pretty, pretty horrible to get rejection every day and people to just kind of laugh at you, even though you know that's kind of what you're getting into. It's still freaking humiliating. And I went to, I don't know, maybe 40, 50 places in a two, three week, maybe, maybe close to a month period. At the end of the month, I was drinking about a fifth a day of vodka. 
And uh, I looked at my wife one day and said, I got to quit drinking and because I was drinking every day. It just it, it was getting worse because every day it was just horrible. I actually uh, was in a coma for five days from delirium tremens from DTs in June of 2016, and I almost died. Wow. And, uh, and I'm almost I'm almost almost two years sober. I mean, it is actually June 2nd, I think, that I went into the coma. But uh, two years sober because of that, because, I mean, obviously, you know, it's pretty horrible. Um, that being said, I, the reason I mentioned that is, you know, I mean, I'm from Colorado. People here drink. I mean, there's a lot of drinking that goes on here. And I, I was involved in the drinking culture. So and I've lost a lot of friends from it myself. I'm just lucky I didn't pass away. It kick-started Burns and McCoy 100% more um, mm. because, you know, at that point in time, it wasn't like I was coming home and just saying, hey, let's have a beer or two and what have you and just kind of getting sidetracked and lazy because I don't care. To me, now that I don't drink, like I actually just have more motivation. So it's kind of crazy. Um, so it was kind of cool. We got into Safeway. We finished off the year. Bottle count was uh, 59,862 bottles that year. Um, last year in 2017, things got crazy. We uh, started off the year. It was great. We won uh, some Golden Chili Awards out of Zest Fest. We won uh, Screaming Mimi in New York and a lot of other cool awards last year. It was pretty cool. And uh, when we got back from New York, uh, Kroger slash King Supers here in Colorado contacted us and said, hey, we need uh, <laughs> 45,000 bottles in four weeks. Wow. In four weeks? Uh, in four weeks. Damn. And we made it happen. And, and, it was and so you were, you, you were st you're still at that place a couple miles away, the yeah. commissary kitchen. Yeah. yeah. We are. And uh, what we did is, so it, it's a 1,400 square, square foot kitchen. I mean, it's more than ample space for what we do. Um, and surprisingly enough, I mean, one of the big dogs at their current facility right now, Endorphin Farms, I mean, they're working out of, I think, 4,000, 5,000 square feet, and they produce so many in the industry, sauces. When I showed up, I expected to be pretty big, so it made me feel better because I was like, man, I, I just don't want to have to get a 20,000 square foot warehouse this fast. Yeah. Um, we've really tried to grow as organically as we can. We, uh, we've had a lot of offers for some out-of-state growth that we had turned down, um, and I mean, you know, it's just sometimes deals just aren't right or they may be right, and, but you just not, might not be there. So we're revisiting some of those things this year. But uh, 2017, I'm trying to think, oh, we, then Kroger got a hold of us, ordered those 45,000 bottles and they took us from 26 of their stores and put us 165 of their stores. Wow. So that, that's been like a, a great partnership because I mean, that's what really got you going in the first place and you've been growing yeah. with them. It has, and we are we continue to grow with them, and it's it's been pretty cool. I mean, right now this year, so we finished last year with 111,000 bottles. So I did double what I thought we would do. Well, it came close, almost double. <laughs> so my interview, I was I, I was kind of close. Um, so we did 111,000 bottles last year. I expect us to double that this year as well. Wow. Well, congratulations. And, and Jay, thank you for kind of sharing all the background, the story. And, and, that, um, yeah. Yeah. and when you're like, cause you mentioned you, you turned down some, some offers. Um, I'm curious, like when people are coming to you saying, Hey, yeah, we'll, we'll buy a ton of hot sauce. Um, how you kind of approach that and approaching a deal. 
Well, I'll tell you, I'm a bad businessman. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I'm going to tell every single one of you, and some of my friends in the industry may listen to this, and you'll probably laugh at me all and call me an idiot. <laughs> um, I charge way too little in my hot sauce. I, I, I hear other people's margins. I know what it costs to make a bottle of hot sauce. I know what it costs in my facility, even though we're high labor and I don't have automatic equipment yet. It's on the horizon this year, possibly, but um, I know what it costs to make a bottle of hot sauce. And I can tell you, you know, I'll I'll sell a case for $30 or so. And I have other people in the industry that are selling something that might cost identical or less for $42. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I mean, I play the wholesale game. I'm a thorough believer in quick pennies are a lot better than slow nickels or slow dimes. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's fine to sell a super hot sauce for $10, $15, $20. No offense to those out there that do that. That's just not my cup of tea and that's not my business model. Most of my super hots cost me about $250 to $3. And the most recent one, Dever Random, cost me close to $3 to make. I mean, to be honest. So... You know, and I sell them on my website for $9. So whatever, I'm making triple what it costs me. Um, and and that, those are rough numbers. I'm not right around there. I'm a little bit higher than that. But I'm just kind of giving people a little bit of a breakdown yeah. for numbers. But, you know, I mean, it, I'm closer to $4 a bottle. So, I, I mean, I really, I am kind of doubling mine. There are, I mean, so, and, but I also put in, I mean, as you saw with Exoresco, most of my sauces are relatively thick. Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't call it percentage of pepper on my regular, regular line. It's just a, it's just a high percentage of ingredients and a less quantity of vinegar or water. Um, that being said, water can be used as an ingredient. It is in our smoked habanero and our smoked habanero is one of our best selling sauces. And, and so water and vinegar you can use, I mean, I don't know, like margins. I mean, you got Keystone pricing. I, I like to stay closer <laughs> to the Keystone, I, the Keystone pricing, where you do fifty percent margin, got hundred percent markup, essentially. Yeah. Um, and I do that because, once again, it still comes down to the quick pennies versus the slow yeah. dimes. So I mean, I'm moving. You know, maybe let's say I do double my hundred eleven thousand from last year, and I get to that two hundred twenty-five or so thousand bottle mark. I'm making pennies while some people are making those nickels. Um, but I, I like our business model because it's what we set up and it's also what makes us happy. Yeah. Anybody out there is listening that's kind of into it, that's dabbling on the hobby side or even newer in the industry and look at what Bravado Spice is doing. Um, I kind of followed them a little bit after our initial labels. I'm going to go with labels. Um, mm-hmm. Our labels were a little bit more simplistic. I kind of went with like definitely more grocery store because my business model was to attack, attack wholesale accounts versus retail slower um, accounts. And that's not to say that I don't give a crap about the boutique artisan stores because I do and I love being in those places and I prefer to deal with people like that um, on a true professional level. But I still also do want to get our sauces into the masses. Um, but Bravado's branding is so sensational. Um, so once I kind of really started seeing our, our labels up to the people, I was like, oh shit, we got to rebrand way too fast too. But it's a budding industry. It's an industry that I would say is not as highly as competitive as people think it is. Yeah. I think that there, 
I think a lot of the egos in the industry suck, to be honest. I don't like it. Really? Um, I, I, I don't. I don't like the celebrity of it. I, I don't, people ask me all the time to sign bottles. I, I don't like it. <laughs> I, it's, I, I reluctantly do it. Um, I, there are people out there I know that are legitimate collectors, and it'll go sit on a wall. Those I have no problem signing. But, you know, people trying to treat me like a celebrity, I'm not. Um, I'm just a human being just like everybody else is. I don't know. It's, You're it's, on the Craft Hot Sauce podcast, Jay. Like, that, that's when you, right? you actually but, you know, I actually don't mind doing it this way because I can talk on the phone, so I could like sit here naked and dance around like <laughs> if I want to, and nobody would know I'm none the wiser. And if that's <laughs> what I needed to do to keep me from freaking like getting weird, then okay. But I don't know when I'm on camera and like pictures, like I do everything I can to avoid it. It, 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 I don't know. It's weird. Like, I mean, like, we, we did you go to the rooftop party that Heat missed through two weekends ago? I wasn't sure if I saw you there. I know I saw you. No, I, I didn't. Yeah, so, one, it was cold, but like, Sean Evans was there from Hot Ones. And I just asked him, you know, I said, I'm sure you could ask a million questions, but we were like kind of forced in the corner. And it was just weird. So I said, This is my only question. I said, How do you deal with the celebrity of this? And he said, It sucks. <laughs> yeah, I bet. You know, I. I I mean, and then I'm like, yeah, but you live in, I mean, he lives and works in New York City. I mean, a city where he'd be recognized so much easier than here in Fort Collins. So, anywho, um, so in 2017, just to finish out that and the, mar- the margin stuff, um, I had to raise my case pricing recently because I took over the facility next to us. So now we got uh, the kitchen, but now we got three offices next door in a warehouse. And then we had to buy a forklift because, you know, hand loading four right. pallets of, stuff on the back of a semi sucks yeah um so so it's just we did those things and you know all of a sudden i was kind of looking talking to my account last year and he's just like you know i would tell most people that are in your position that i would quit doing what you're doing and go back to your day job really just be and he's like but 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 he but the point was that he was making he's like but you're building a business and you, yeah. I know you're buying equipment because you have to, and yeah. not because you want to. Yeah. And I said, yeah, cause you know, and, I, and it's like, you know, when I hand him a, a, a receipt for a steam kettle for 15, $20,000, you know, his eyebrows raised like, Hey, you don't really have this money. Well, we do. It's just, we're going to break even. But for the first, so this is three years. I started paying myself officially the first time in June last year. Yeah. Um, so, I have a, I have a badass family. Honestly, my, my <laughs> family. And as as you saw fun. last year in New York, I mean, you saw my mom. Yeah. She was slinging sauce with us in New York. That's awesome. Uh, and my pregnant wife. I mean, she she, she was miserable as she just said now she's pregnant. And but even when we got back, when we had to fill those forty five thousand bottles for King Supers, I mean, I had a seventy year old, my seventy year old father, my seventy year old stepmother my damn near 70 year old mother and my pregnant wife all helping us get that damn order made. And, but wow. I also didn't have to pay them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, it, so. uh, I think everyone like, I'm like, I'm, I think I'm around a, my first a thousand bottles, but it's been my family, my brother, my parents, uh, and friends, but mainly family just helping me out. And, and uh, I mean, that's awesome. They're, they're the, and, they're the and, and, and like what, what I, like this doesn't, 
I've been, I probably put a thousand hours into craft hot sauce, whether it's like blogging, podcasting, making hot sauce, but it's yeah. never, it's never once felt like work. I mean, it just super enjoyable. And even just bringing people together, like just catching up, like even when I'm doing a, a three or four hour cook, I'm not doing huge batches right now, but um, it's just a, a great opportunity just to, to hang out, catch up. That's how so I, I actually looked at it. Is, yeah. Honestly, it was a good time to get our family together. Yeah. Thankfully, my dad and my mother, even though they divorced, thankfully they still get along. You know, and uh, it's pretty cool because I mean, my parents are metalheads, so I could say, "Hey, let's go watch Metallica." And we'll go watch, <laughs> all watch Metallica together or something. Nice. Um, what, what's your yeah. so I so I ask everybody this on the podcast. But what's your favorite yeah. band? Man, you know. I listen to everything. Like today, I'll just give you a little, like today a little bit. We, we listen to a pianist called Lodovico Unati. He's a, he's a composer from Italy that is around currently, but his classical composition is phenomenal. We were rocking some Leonard Skinner. We were rocking some Warrant. We were rocking some Parkway Drive. Honestly, Parkway Drive from Australia, they're probably one of my favorite bands. They're a screaming metal band. Um, <clears throat> Uh, I like them. I, me personally, I'm a Swedish black metal, death metal fanatic. Okay. And uh, I'm an old school punk rocker. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I mean, we're listening to old Misfits and old AFI and stuff today. Nice. Some really seemed, old bands. seemed like a, a line with Steve Seabury when he was on. You know, yeah, Steve and I are very similar. Him and I love a lot of the same bands. Um. <clears throat> Like, I mean, like, like I said, my mother's, she's a total metalhead. And there's this one story of it. I'm friends with the Avenged Sevenfold guys. And uh, they were doing some kind of autograph signing at some festival like 10 years ago. This maybe 15. I don't know. God, maybe 10 years ago. <laughs> that was 2005. So 13 years ago. Anyway, so this is before they were like really big. It was, but they had already just got on MTV. And, uh, we walked up to him and my mom and I wanted to just kind of jack around with him. And she walked up, but she pulled out, she didn't pull out her boob. She just exposed her breast a little bit in terms of <laughs> her shirt was closed. Okay. This is weird. I'm trying to say this right. There's no nudity involved, but she did have the Avenged Sevenfold guy sign her boobs. It was hilarious, <laughs> but um, I don't know. My, my parents rock. They're, they're, they're really badass. And I honestly, I, I I, I'm sure a lot of people say that about their parents. I'm just blessed. I mean, seriously, they, they are the reason that the company is the way it is. If it wasn't for their help for those first two years and my wife's and my sister's and her husband, mm -hmm. I don't know how the hell we would have be where we're at at this point. In yeah, time. absolutely. Because it's all about scaling as you see. I mean, you've, you're like, you're doing it kind of like Steve Seabury does. I mean, Steve Seabury is one of the smartest businessmen ever. Let's get all these expos presented by high river presents yeah well now everybody all over the united states is going to know who he is well you know you have yours attached your craft hot sauce you know it's going to help expand it's smart as hell to do um and i was working yesterday i had a there's a metal magazine i don't know it's it's hard to explain it it's called metal maidens but they they her name's amy and she's got women that pose in her magazine you know it's I, I wouldn't say it's like Suicide Girls because there's not really nudity involved and stuff. But like, 
they also interview bands like the Panteras. And I mean, it's, they stick to the pretty heavy metal stuff. Mm-hmm. And obviously with metal maidens, but you know, I was talking, I was like, yeah, we need to get in some cross promotion. You have any models that want to come in and use our kitchen for a photo shoot? Let's do some cool stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because, because I'm all about cross promoting. I think yep, cross promoting is smart. I think, it, I think it's great. And, uh, you know, I, I want to say this before I forget, if there's any craft saucers there, anybody that's future or anybody that's smaller, if you've got the help to use it, <laughs> like always, yeah. I mean, I, I stubbornly didn't want help for quite a bit. And then it got to the point where like, I, that's kind of like what almost helped me, you know, drink myself to death too, is I didn't want to, you know, you can only ask your 70 year old retired dad that every time you do a 12 hour cook that he can barely function to cook again. Yeah. You know, and it's just, I would reluctantly at some point in time say, hey, can you help? Oh, yeah, I'll help. I haven't helped you in two months. All right, cool. Thanks. You know? Yeah. And, uh, but we've been, I'll tell you, we've been lucky. The King Supers thing, we were at the right place, right time. Uh, Tree Seed Ranch Company, they they just got in there. I noticed I noticed Smoke Brand out of Pueblo is on the Colorado Proud shelves now. And uh, so I see that they're starting to bring in some cooler stuff in the, you know, the, the seed company, tree seed company, is that the name of tree seed? Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, his price point on his hot sauces is $8, um, mm-hmm. which is, which is $3 more than what I'm asking. And, but I think, I think he's got a good chance and I, I, I know he's sold through the heat mist and I wouldn't be surprised if he's on the hot ones one of these days. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's yeah. some cool stuff, but the the lucky markets here at the King Supers, they kind of, they we're lucky is they, they've got the local thing. They they embrace local significantly here. Um, they're, we're, we're all natural. We don't do the preservative thing or the MSD thing. And uh, like, I just, I, I use my pH as a preservative. If you keep your pH of three, yeah. five, three, six, yeah, I mean, you're going to, you're going to be fine and you don't need to have any of that crap. I don't do the xanthan gums for fillers, but yeah. I don't need this. And it's, and I'm not knocking all that. Like, yeah. there's people like, like SoCal hot sauce, you know, I, I personally don't like the MSG. It works for them. It works for, uh, Tom from Voodoo Chili. And, uh, it's great. I mean, you can't also can't do bacon flavored sauces without that anyways. Um, I don't knock it. I live here in Colorado. We don't have it in our food all over the place in terms of it's just, it's not around. Um, so I'm susceptible to it. I get the headaches. And so because of that, I just stay away from that stuff. And that just, I don't, you know, I'm an all natural hippie Colorado dude. <laughs> yeah. You gotta, you gotta be all, that's the all natural thing when you think of Colorado. Um, that's it all. is. Um, I, I honestly think it's going to, I think it's going to make its way East. It, and definitely yeah. in the South, it's, it's getting bigger. You know, when I lived down there, you know, crap, when I lived in Florida in the late 2000s, well, like 2007, 2008, they, uh, you know, I mean, you go down there, it was all unhealthy. I mean, now you've got intensity academies, you've got the fat cats down there yeah. getting the grocery exposure. So they've, they've been, they've been kicking out all these companies that aren't all natural to put in the all natural products. And it's just, that's all I tell people is just if, if you've got, if you can make it all natural, please do it. It'll just, I think it personally will benefit your business better. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you've been throwing out some awesome brands that hot sauces that I love. Um, what, what are oh, some I, of your I'm throwing out, I think they're all very great people. Um, 
And uh, I mean, and I think their brands work. The SoCal's, I mean, the the Born to Hula's, uh, the Doo's, the Lucky Dogs, High Rivers, the Cajuns, the Pucker Bus. I mean, there's you throw all those in. That's what I love about the Expos too. Is we all have different the Hellfires. We all have different flavor profiles. We all do yeah. something different. Like the Hellfires, they one of their popular ingredients is sun dried tomatoes, which is rad. You know, yeah. it, it, it's yeah. different. Scott from lucky dog you know he makes his i mean his smoked sauces i mean that's kind of his signature you've got the secret aardvarks that make the, the greatest tomato based curry ish sauce ever um you know it's just i love it i love what other people are doing like gene from karma sauce you know that yeah. he's coming in and but he's a nasa scientist he's pretty freaking brilliant <laughs> and, uh, and i enjoy talking to him Oh man, he's, I love talking to him because you can just see his brain working constantly, you know, and it's just, I mean, this is, you're talking probably somebody that's just so stupidly smart. Um, and God, it's just, no, I love talking to him. He's awesome. I was able, he, he wasn't a vendor in New York and he came over to the booth and him and I were able to talk a little bit and it was, it was good to talk Yeah. and break away, you know, it was pretty cool, but I've been rambling. Okay, so let's get to questions. You <laughs> well, we've been going over some, yeah. Um, but I, I'm curious, like, where you see the hot sauce industry going in the next five, ten years, and like, what are you trying to contribute to it? That's like kind of purely unique to Burns and McCoy. I think we're gonna see a hot sauce housing bubble crisis sooner <laughs> than later. Um, yeah, there's a lot of new ones coming in right now. Yeah. And you know, like let's say some of those newer ones want to go to somebody like Louisiana pepper exchange or, you know, David Ashley or Ed Curry or Joel Mowry from smoking Jays. Anybody just off the random off the top of my head, the supply mash, right? Yeah. Um, like the buying power of a, of a pucker butter, a Cajun or a born to hula or even a lucky dog or myself. I mean, We'll buy the peppers out if we have to. Um, yeah, I don't want to. I, I, I think competition is great. I, I think this industry is not going to slow down. But when I say the housing bubble crisis, I think – so the, F, the FDA is getting a little bit more stringent. The, the FDA with their FEMSA stuff. They're like they're just implementing a lot more safety guidelines, and those safety guidelines are also implementing a lot of more expensive aspects of production and manufacturing. Mm. So for the people like for the people like me, myself, Gay John, Mikey V, Frankie V, even Chris from Charman Brand, you know, these are people that are that are manufacturing themselves, yourself included. Um, the bigger we get, the more hurdles we're going to have to face. Mm. And they're even going to make it just difficult for us that are manufacturers. Just It's just constantly. I mean, everything's evolving. Everything's changing. Um, I think our HIPAA plan, our HIPAA plan, our HACCP plan, <clears throat> our HACCP plan, we kind of have set up as, as if we're a bigger company anyway. So like we make sure that we don't cross contaminate aspect. We've got chain of custody paperwork that we fill out that we necessarily don't have to do right now, but we do do it um, in terms of sanitizing kettles and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, 
you know, there's allergen controls you can do with swab techniques. And, you know, so we're, we're doing swabs and cooking the swabs so we can make sure that we don't have gluten in our products and we can make sure that we have a kettle that has been deemed clean by you running a swab from the top to the bottom of the kettle. Um, so we're doing things that we, isn't required of us yet. But the bigger yeah. you get, it seems to be that like they, they they seem to pay attention to your money more than they should, considering that they're not the IRS. Um, but they seem to be pretty on top of where we all are financially, and it's kind of like once you hit like a, a half a million price point, they implement some stuff. When you hit a million dollar price point, they kind of implement some stuff. So, in terms of that relating to the housing bubble, is I just don't think, you know, it's just, I think it can, it's going to hurt some people. Um, if some people aren't on top of their sanitation and yeah. tracking game, I mean, and it's, it's tough like, for me. It's tough because I was like, it's like, Oh, I'm ready to go. And then they're like, Nope, you got to do this, this, and this. And I'm like, I had no idea. Like no one ever told me. And, and, I mean, for a lot of people, they're kind of writing their own playbook and, and figuring out what, what they have to do as they go. And I mean, but the, the, as you said, people are kind of writing their own rules. I want to touch on that, too. You've got different food extensions or, you know, process authorities that do different things. Um, University of North Carolina, their process is something along the lines of heat your product up to 185 for two minutes or something. I, I don't have it in front of me and I, I don't know why I don't use them, but I probably should. But then they say, pour your product by a certain temperature. And I'm not going to do that because I don't want to educate people that aren't educated just in case. But, um, <laughs> but there, but I'll just say that their temperature goes significantly lower than probably what your process authority says. Huh? Yeah. Not so you do a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Check into them. Yeah. So any of you guys out there, I just don't, I, and no offense to the hobby sauce makers. It's just, if you guys, are, there's enough information out there, you can find it, but I'm not going to quote something that could put me at a liability. Yeah. So that's why I'm not putting the bottom number. Yeah. But North Carolina State, yeah, they, they've definitely got a little bit more working room with your temperature of where your final product needs to be poured, and it's a lot, lot, lot more than what you're being told right now. So I'm getting, and I, I just talked to the FDA the other day, and I said, hey, why is why is North Carolina State saying this, and why is my guy at Utah State? And I go to a guy in Utah State, Doctor Number Eleven. He's awesome. But and my reasoning is for cost because I can just get more processes for cheaper. And uh, so I go to him, and you know, I I've got him and the FDA in an email thread right now, like kind of talking to each other because I want to get clarification why North yeah. Carolina State can do what they do, and everybody else has kind of said it this other way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just want to, like, I got a couple more questions um, before we wrap up here, but um, w one of them about is about one of my favorite hot sauces um, that I've ever had. And it's by Burns and McCoy and it's, is white lightning. And I, I think it's like one yeah. of the unique sauces I've ever had. I'm curious, like, can you tell uh, the audience a little bit more about that one and, and um, what your thought process was coming up with that recipe. Okay. First and foremost, I said way earlier, you know, a little, I'm a foodie. Um, yeah. So I, I'm, I, I know how food works um, because I eat it, but also because I cook it. 
and uh, par- parsnips and cauliflower go very well together. And uh, but I was sitting there one day with my wife and my mother. My mother came down to visit us from the mountains, and we we're all hanging out. And I, I just looked at them all. And I said, you know what? I'm going to make a white hot sauce. And so I, w- I had I, I had some white habaneros, and I went to the store and I grabbed some cauliflower, which works with parsnips and some parsnips. And I grabbed some potato because I wanted to kind of have that smoother consistency in there, and then uh. I grabbed some pears because there really wasn't many pear sauces in the market. Yeah. And, uh, and I wanted to do kind of a fruity based sauce, but also still keep that savory component from the vegetables and also the gar well, obviously the garlic in there. Um, but we used white grape juice. Um, really when I was thinking about it, I really did think about it as an additive to martinis to me it was like this would be great as a martini additive and honestly two parts vodka one part pear juice one part water just to tame it a little bit one part hot sauce of the white light thing since i know you probably have some yeah literally like a drop of vanilla if you're if you're that kind of guy and a drop of vanilla and a splash of lemon juice it's phenomenal wow Um, okay I I don't know. It's it's just I wanted something different, but I also looked at it as a businessman aspect, and it has worked very well. And interesting enough, I promise you this: I'm only going to be doing it seasonally moving forward because it's just too hard to get the peppers. Our growth can the peppers can sustain the growth. Yeah, unfortunately on that one. So that I'll be bringing that around every harvest for probably 50 cases, 100 cases, or something. But um, you know, I, I, I wanted it to kind of be a centerpiece. And if you remember, I had it at the middle of my table in New York last year, and so many people came over. Now, it's a very acquired taste. Like, so I know you really like it. I love it. Um, and the people that like it, they like, like it. It, it. But it's definitely one of those very polar sauces. You like it or you don't. Yeah. And uh, for those that like it, they love it. Well, as we're wrapping up here, uh, yeah. I, I was just wondering if you have any kind of like asks or requests of, of the listeners. I mean, if you're a hobbyist, hone your craft. Don't give it to too many people. And if it's something that really is awesome, then go legit. I love it. I, I love when people do that because, I mean, you all have to start somewhere. We all do. Mm-hmm. I would never tell a hobbyist to never do because, you know, somebody listening could be the next freaking Tabasco or the next Sriracha. And that's why I say, just do it. Don't be intimidated by what I said earlier about the FDA mandates or the finances. If you've got something good, you need to bring it to the masses. So please do. For anybody else, this has nothing to do with food or uh, anything, but I'm going to quote freaking Bill and Ted's excellent adventure, but be good to each other. That's it really. Amen. Yeah. And we're going to end it like that. Uh, Perfect. Uh, one, one last thing. Where, where can people uh, follow you? Um, we're on Twitter. So uh, any, any of the handles of Burns and McCoy, so it would be Facebook, Burns and McCoy, Twitter, Burns and McCoy, Instagram, Burns and McCoy. I just want to say thank you for, um, for sharing your stories, making damn good hot sauce and coming on the podcast and, and here's to 2018 like you're, you're doing awesome things and, and keep it up so thank you yeah. i appreciate it thanks for having us on man big thank you to jay turner he makes really damn good hot sauce and if you haven't tried it check out burnsmccoy.com 
or the Craft Hot Sauce Club to try it out. And like I've said before, we're getting a bit of a following, which is fun to share more about the Craft Hot Sauce industry. Um, but please give us a rate and subscribe. It really helps spread the word. And thanks all for, for stopping by again. Uh, take it easy. And here's Stupid Sick Lies by Aeronaut. See ya. Use